Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. It's a great interview that my producer, Vulture, lined up. And uh, right now on with me, because I, I find this very, very interesting, Christopher Daniels, correct? Yes, yes. Hey, how are you today, man? We're, we're... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I, my, my buddies are in the background. I, I think somebody just got thrown in a trash can or something. But, uh, okay. man, so where are you calling at, man? Where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Los Angeles. I live in a uh, Koreatown in oh. Los Angeles. Now, are you? How is it over there? Because I I've heard that it is a uh, a little crazy. I hear a lot of people are dying right now because of COVID, and you guys are in in a pretty big lockdown right now. Um, yeah, like about the whole COVID thing. I don't really know. Um, that's what they're telling us. I'm not really sure what the reality is. Um, the lockdown. Yes, I think it's still happening, but they're not super strict about it. A lot of people oh. aren't really following that because um they're protesting because you know there's yeah they tried to put a lockdown on us but the sheriff's not enforcing it so it's pretty loose yeah i bet i bet it is now uh christopher uh i'm let, need to let my audience know about this you would you because the way that it was pitched to me by, by my producer is that you are a retired porn star correct uh yes i was um i did a gay porn for about four years and uh, i was a, a male escort a sex worker for like nine years no kidding. Oh, that's 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 fascinating. Uh, if people want to check out all, all your stuff, where where can they uh, go to check out your content and everything? Um, as far as content, uh, the porn stuff is not really part of my platform. Anymore. Not that I'm like, talking about podcasts or, okay. or or blogs and stuff like that. No, I I no 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 no. I know okay. that. Um, uh, right now I'm on Anchor. Um, I just got my podcast up and running about two or three weeks ago. I have about seven episodes loaded. I was trying to get about twenty done. Um, out in, in the bag, but um, I've only got like seven or eight lo- uploaded so far. So there's, it's called redlightleisures.com. And then um, I also have a new website that I just debuted this week called redlightleisures.com. And um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. And um, I have a, a, a fan page on Facebook as well. So now if, you, if people, uh, you know, before they go and, and check it out, like what are, what are some of the topics, some of the uh, general generalization stuff that you talk about uh, on your podcast? Um, so this podcast, um, it, was, it, it was in the works for a while, like maybe a year or two, and I just couldn't really get it up and running because I didn't really know what my platform was. And so um, finally, I started to really invest some time into it during this whole pandemic, this whole past year. And um, I started thinking, you know, what do I want to say? Like, what is my platform going to be? Because the porn stuff is not a part of my life any longer, really. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really getting geared towards that audience, but um, I needed to say, have something to say. And at the same time, just thinking, um, are people going to really care what I have to say as a former ex-porn star, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so I was sort of um, listening to a lot of podcasts geared towards the LGBT community because I figured that was going to be my audience. And um, I was finding, like, the more and more podcasts I was listening to, the more and more I realized I had absolutely no, t- I couldn't relate to any of them. I thought they were all, um, th- it was all, they were all saying the same, the same thing. They all had the same thought and anything, anything that like strayed away from those thoughts or thought it was just kind of demonized and like not really part of that whole genre, you know, that I was trying to be mm-hmm. a part of. So I wanted to p- put myself on a platform that was more, I guess it's geared towards gay people. But if you feel like, you know, you don't look it into the stereotypical left-leaning politics, um, gay, LGBT, sort of woke, mm-hmm. SJW kind of thing, then that's sort of who I'm trying to appeal to a bit more. So the topics are, you know, maybe the topics aren't really that original. I don't know. Um, for the first few ones I got up and running, it's like 
I talk about, you know, the size of our penis and like how that mm. is like the measure of a man or whatever. It's not just mm-hmm. really about the size of the penis, it's about more than that. And yeah, then talk about um, disposable dating, the whole um, swipe right culture. Um, it's really bad in the gay community, I find. Um, not bad as in, I'm not standing in judgment of it. It's just that we really do treat each other like we're disposable now. It's like we're just not mm-hmm. just on a bedpost and, you know, we're just another number. We're just another, you know, trick for the night or whatever. And it's just kind of gotten out of hand now. I don't really think we know how to have um, personal relationships anymore. Or they're very yeah. dysfunctional, the ones that we do have. So there's that. And then this week I did a podcast about um, the demonization of Karen and how we need to um, defend the Karens in the world. And just kind of my take on that. Oh, whole, I like that. Yeah, the whole cultural phenomenon. You know, everyone's obsessed with like mm-hmm. um, Karen memes and recording these crazy middle-aged white ladies freaking out in public. And um, so there's that. And then I talk about um, pumping, pumping your dick. Um, the oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so other stuff like that, that, you know, sort of appeal, or you know, gay men would can relate to so and then i have some more podcasts coming that um have to do with my exit from the porn industry and then after mm. that i'm going into more of my politics and sort of why i changed that's good. from one side to the other that's good because you want to give that base you want to give that introduction to your audience to kind of but i mean you're not going to be talking about that all the time but uh what i what i want to get into though is like how did you like is this did you get into the industry at the beginning? Like, how do you even go about that? Is that something you wanted to do? Did somebody like uh, bring it up to you? Like, how how do you even get yourself in that industry? Um, I was living in Las Vegas at the time. I used to be a professional dancer and I was dancing in a show and I was in a relationship. Uh, that relationship came to a screeching halt. It was a bad breakup. And then I had to get out of the my living situation. So I was like, I need to make money. I need to make money fast. What am I going to do? So I put an ad on rent boy and became an escort. And then oh. that was great. It was fine. I loved it. Actually. I did it for the first year. And then after that, I decided, well, to, the way to, the best way to promote your escorting is by um, doing um, porn. So I did a couple, that's when I got involved in porn. I was really hesitant at first because um, of my family. And I just didn't really mm-hmm. know what that would mean for, um, for that, <laughs> those relationships. Did you, did you grow up in a religious family though, or no? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's fairly conservative. I, I grew up in Canada. Um, my family was um, more, democrat but it was more libertarian mm-hmm. so it was it was very it was still very conservative my father was a pastor and like my siblings have you know one, one of my brothers was a pastor one of my brothers is a pastor and so a lot of family in the ministry yeah so now, yeah that was kind of a now when you were escorting when you were escorting and i you know i you know uh, being anonymous and stuff is a part of the business but you don't have to go into details but like were were most of your clientele straight men that were that weren't out that were that were paying you for your services uh yeah basically pretty much basically um i personally that's the kind of clientele that i seem to appeal to i guess i don't know and um so it's mainly middle-aged like 40 to 70 i guess 47 year old um married a lot of them were married and um or lived their life as straight and um they would call me if they ever came to Las Vegas. And I, tra- I traveled around the world, really. I traveled all over. Um, I made a good name for myself in Vegas doing this. And then it lasted for about eight or nine years. Now, okay. And, and if I ever ask any uncomfortable questions, please, oh. you know, just tell me. But like, I mean, were, when, they, when you would get hired to be an escort, like, were they wanting to do stuff to you? Or like, what I'm saying was, were you, were you topping or bottoming in, in most of these? Or did it really even matter? Um, it didn't really matter to be honest. Um, the guys that I got with sex wasn't really a big, a huge part of the encounter, but it was oh. like, it was a part of it. So when I did, 
um, when it came to sex, it was I generally bought them, but a lot of times it wouldn't even come to that type of sex. It was just more a, little, a lot more vanilla, a lot more innocent. Yeah, because it, it was it was it was like first time stuff for because these were curious straight men that were you know wanting experiences and stuff. Yeah, and mo- a lot of them just wanted companionship. It was pretty um pretty innocent, pretty vanilla the whole thing. Now were 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 the guys were the guys pretty respectful? Like were there some of them that were like nervous or like you would have to take control of the situation because this was their first time? Like how how does that even go? Like because I I'm sure if it is a straight man that that is curious, mm-hmm. I I would think that they would have to be very you know kind of apprehensive and nervous doing yeah, something like that. I think a lot of them probably were. Um, it's hard to say. You know, like a lot of them were traveling, so they weren't even from Las Vegas, so. Um, I think a lot of them were, I just, I guess it was just my whole, um, gimmick was to be like the boy next door. So just try to be friendly and just like have an enjoyable time is all pretty innocent and like, you know, just kind of all American boy next door sort of looks. And, um, and it may, I think I would try my best to make the guys feel at ease. I would never, I never actually drank or like did drugs or anything when I was escorting yeah. for at least the first like five years. And, um, then, so yeah, it was all pretty, pretty tame. Now, when you're escorting like that, um, how did you, and I'm not talking sexually protect yourself, but protect yourself for like, say it's just some crazed lunatic that was like anti-gay or something. And I'm like, I'm going to hire this man. I'm going to, I'm going to like lure him to a a hotel or stuff. Like, how did you protect yourself when it came to that type of stuff? Um, You know, that was always, it's always a concern, I guess, in the back of your mind. But I found like, especially with, um, uh, escorting Las Vegas, the hotels are so huge, they're so massive. There's security everywhere. There's cameras in every hallway, and so I guess there's a chance that something could happen. But the reality is, I don't really know how many guys would take time out of their lives to to do something like that. Like it sounds, there's some sickos out there, though. Yeah. Is what I'm saying, though. That's yeah. that's you know, that's that was why I was asking the question. Yeah, no, I understand. I guess um, I just there's never any guarantees in life, and um, I I just kind of felt like my client, the kind of people that I was attracting, it just wasn't, it just never went down that path. I did have a couple, like there was always some weird, there was always a few weird incidences, like people on the phone and like setting up meetings that were kind of weird and creepy, but nothing ever dangerous like that. Like I never felt unsafe or like I was my, you know, my safety was in jeopardy or something. Like I never felt, I never felt like I was in harm. Did did you ever have a guy get a, get, get obsessed? Like, Oh man, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I like, um, you know, you, you a lot, you know, and they were trying to make it more than like a business arrangement type deal. Um, uh, there was a few, there was a few, but, um, I, I, I don't know. I just never really could get into that kind of situation because once they own you, they own you and yeah. I'm a little bit more independent and I just don't really do well with any rules or anything. So I would kind of resist a lot of that. And thankfully, the guys that I was um, seeing, they were all they weren't from Vegas. So like they were always, you know, from another city. So it was a lot harder to have that kind of arrangement. Um, so how do you go from escorting to being in film? Um, you honestly, you just go to the websites and you um, submit your photos and they like you. They like you. If they don't like you, they won't call you back. It was a really pr- pretty easy process, actually. People think I think it's a lot more elaborate and um, it's more like, you know, auditioning for like a show or a movie or something. It's not, nothing near that complicated like what are some of the things they're looking at you know like you coming in like or what are they like you know i i as a heterosexual man i i, I could tell you like 
you know what what they would be looking like for females but like when when you're when you're like auditioning for something like this what are what are they yeah. looking at is it charisma do you gotta have a little bit of being able to play to the camera or or are they just looking um, all physical there's a there's a couple um schools of thought with that um honestly you gotta have either you gotta have two of the three a good face a good dick and a good ass or mm. else you just got to have like 13 inch dick. If you have a 13 inch dick, they don't care about your face or your ass. But it's good so to a have 13, the, a, thir a 13 inch get a 13 incher gets you right into the business. I think 11, 11 incher, you're fine. You could have like a butter face and you could have like, you know, cottage cheese ass and it'd be fine. Um, so, but anything under nine feet, it's not or nine, nine inches is not like super, super impressive, but you know, that's standard porn sizes about eight Man. and a half, nine inches. Jeez, so. I can't I can't even imagine like uh, that's that's crazy. Um, well, now, you don't have to give me an exact um, an exact number, but like what what type of money were, were you able to make doing this? Um, when I first started, I was doing pretty uh, it was the industry was not quite yet in the toilet when I first started. So I was making about a thousand to like fifteen hundred a scene. And then um, near the end there, like the scene rate had gone down considerably because a lot of these studios were closing or having to merge mm -hmm. with other studios. And so the scene rate was going at like, you know, like 800 usually. I still made pretty decent money and I made like about 125 different movies. So I, I did well. Um, so the money was pretty, was decent, but it's not. What was more, escorting, escorting or doing the, the porn? Uh, to get um, escorting. Yeah, definitely yeah. escorting. So easy sometimes. The money, money that you make to do absolutely nothing is kind of ridiculous sometimes. Now, maybe maybe you can uh, dispel this rumor. You know, you I, I hear a lot of, you know, uh, male porn stars, heterosexual ones that have, you know, tried to get into business. They, they, I always read somewhere. I didn't know if it was like an urban legend or a rumor, but you had to, you know, uh, do gay gay porn before, you know, you got to move on to do some of the others. Is that true or not? Or is that? Honestly, I don't think there's really any point in a guy well i think now it's kind of changed but for a while they're like the guy was just like an afterthought in in straight mm -hmm. porn like you know if anything they just wanted to see the dick they didn't want to see his face they don't mm -hmm. care about him they don't care about his image or his persona or whatever and so for a while there the only money that was in porn was in gay porn and a majority a lot of the guys that i filmed with were all straight mm -hmm. and um so but it's changing now i feel like there's now there's like some straight male porn stars that are like not and you know they're not like ron, ron jeremy there's other ones that are like bigger names and like they have a fan base and um you know people are actually watching the porns to see them so mm -hmm. i don't know if the money's changed I think it's better now for men in straight porn but um it's never really been very good for them from what i know and from what i've heard like a lot of times they just get the guys to do it for free even like which is yeah ridiculous i can't imagine doing that but um so gay porn no that's where the money was and like a lot of the guys that were in it were straight um who is the one guy like the record holder like the one that like all right that guy's got the biggest you know penis there's a couple there's, there's like and castro, castro and, there's i don't know if you know i don't know if he's a straight he's kind of i think he's straight his name's castro yeah. it's like 13 inches about oh, man. i did a scene with him um there's um there's a couple there's um rafael allen Carr. he's um a brazilian guy he's got like at least 10 inches it's massive and um <laughs> Those are the few that are coming to mind. Oh, uh, um, I can't think of his name right now, but yeah, 
I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> I, I've been all right. This is another thing I'm talking about. Explain poppers. Everybody, you know, you 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 hear that uh, like correlated. Is that uh, you know you 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 hear like oh man poppers this popper that during have you during done, have you, no I've never done it? it and no really? I've never done it but I'm just trying to figure out like you know what is the big rage about it and stuff like why um well when you have okay I don't know why but it's video head cleaner that's what it is it's the stuff that used to clean video cassettes because you know oh, we all okay, have video cassettes lying around mm. and um so it's you smell it and it gives you this kind of 30 second high where it completely relaxes um your anus okay. and you're able to like take a dick up there um or a fist <laughs> yeah. or whatever you're trying to cram up there um and it makes you just like uh, and for some reason i don't know what it is about them but like when you do a hit of poppers you just want to suck dick like it just kind of <laughs> makes yeah <laughs> I, I don't know that's like my experience that's been a lot of guys experience and it makes your hole open up and you want to suck dick and um and you don't want to, and you don't want to apologize for sucking dick either you want to unapologetically suck dick so oh like you you want to be mad at it like you're just like you know like yeah i i, yeah. I see what you're talking about there yeah. now even like, um i i even think some straight guys they do it and they're just like it does a head trip for them because you know they want to do things that they probably never even dreamed of before so Proceed with caution if you choose to do poppers. Yeah, I, I just because I've always asked and I wanted to get it cleared up because, uh, you you know, you hear people making jokes about poppers and stuff. And I was yeah. like, you know, what? this is a great opportunity to find out exactly and, 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 and find it, find out from the source. Right. I know. Now, I know. Now, is our are, are drugs a big thing? Like, is there a big drug scene when it comes to that, like industry? as escorting or 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 is it pretty much been cleaned up um it's very cleaned up um there is a big um part of the that culture that like people who work in the industry they've either had their struggle with addiction with drugs they've either currently struggling with it you know it's a part of a lot of people's lives but it's never ever tolerated um when filming or when you know on a shoot or anything like that um it just can't be like these people, these studios, they've got deadlines. They've got like these models have to have flights to catch, you know, like this is an operation. Like they're really running a tight ship. And so any type of like, like they don't even let you like drink alcohol the night before or anything. Like they're very strict about it actually. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, kind of, you know, disappointing, I guess, for some people to think of that because they think of the whole industry as like crazy and drug fuel sex parties and all that stuff like that. But it it's is like, professional. You know? It is, it is a, it is a job. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, and I have that's... to say, like, I was a professional for, professional dancer for like 15 years. OK, and I would say that I was treated with more respect and more professionalism as a sex worker than it was as a professional dancer. It's kind of weird. It's a weird world. But like, yes, it's, it's treated very much like a job. So it's um, yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I, you know, going to see women dance. I see that, you know, the way that men, you know, they'll be bearing it up all day long. And they just think because they're they're throwing money or whatever that they get to say or do whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess people just look at like the dancers or talent like that as just kind of like disposable. So. You know, now, whatever. when you were a dancer, was that was that fully nude? No, actually, I was a professional dancer. I was. Oh, uh, OK, I, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't for sure. So you were like on one of the stage shows or. or, or yeah, something. yeah, I, I did. Um, I trained in Canada um, as a ballet, modern contemporary dancer. And then I did, no I did end up stripping in the end. But that was like towards when I started doing porn. So uh, so I did a bit of everything. But yeah, like you get treated like 
like shit when you're working as a, a starving artist. You know, it's like it's not an easy life. It's pretty it's, it's rough. So, well, you'll put up with a lot because you're wanting to make it in the business because you're like you're afraid if I speak up and speak my mind or whatever, they're going to be like, yeah. oh, why? Why do we have him around? He's he's nothing but a problem. Get rid of him. Yeah, they're you know, we're disposable. So. Well, hey, Christopher, man, I could I could sit here and talk to you for a while. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I uh, I because I I want to I want to have you back on again because I just don't want it to all, all be about uh you know what you've done in the past because I I would like to hear some of your your opinions on things things that are going around uh, because I I think you would be uh, humongous with your podcast especially have you ever been to Orlando before? I've been to Orlando before, yeah. There, not a lot of people realize it has a very big gay community. Oh yeah, in Orlando, and and to see how the community came together after the Pulse nightclub shooting, um, yeah. it was such a, it was such a tragedy. But the uh, I thought I thought it, I mean, it was horrible. We lost those people and stuff. But I also think that it brought the communities together, you know, the the hetero. It just, it, you know, we didn't look at, oh, that's a gay man or that's a straight man. It was just like, hey, hey, we're, we're sorry this happened to our community. Yeah, definitely. That's great. And and Orlando, I mean, it's great, man. I, I think I think. Um, oh, man, what, what was the Oh, Parliament House. They just closed oh, yeah. that place down. Um, they they, did? They, they, yeah, they're they're their last two two weekends ago. It was a big, big write up in the news. So mm, that's that's unfortunate. It's, it's happening everywhere. It sucks. Yeah. All right, Christopher, tell people once again, if they want to check out your podcast, where can they go to? Uh, you can go to Anchor and uh, or Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, the name of the podcast is Red Light Leisures. And my uh, website is redlightleisures.com and on Instagram, Twitter at C Topher Daniels at red light. And yeah, so you'll find it there. Go to the website. There's links to my social media. All right, Christopher, I hope you have a wonderful new year's Eve and, and I hope you're safe and let's do this again. Okay. All right. You too. Take care. Thank you.